When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Spectrum Internet has enough speed to handle all your needs. So you can work, game, and stream with speeds up to a gig. Plus, Spectrum's advanced Wi-Fi provides enhanced security for all your connected devices. Get Spectrum Internet with fast and reliable speeds, starting at just $29.99 a month with a two-year price guarantee. Visit spectrum.com slash internet for you for full details. Offer subject to change. Valid for qualified residential customers only. Restrictions apply. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Hi, guys, and welcome to Uni Therapy Podcast. My name is Kat, and I am your host. And thank you so much for showing up with us. I always think that it's like a Monday that you're listening to this, but then I realize that people listen to this randomly throughout the week. So whatever day it is, happy that day. I'm excited about this episode because I have a guest that I've been trying to get on the show for a while. You'd think it would be easier because she literally works at my practice, but we've had quite a time doing that. So we finally have her. Her name is Stacy. She is a therapist who works at Three Quarts Therapy, which is my practice, and she's amazing. Today, specifically, we talked about her experience going to therapy and becoming a therapist as a black woman in our culture and in our society. And I think it's a really cool conversation, a really cool episode. I will say I still have, I think I'd call it anxiety doing these kinds of episodes because I know I'm going to say something wrong or say something insensitive. I just get anxiety around that because my goal is never to hurt or do anything or say anything harmful. But I also know that the only way for me to learn things and the only way for me to grow as a human is to ask and say the things that come to my mind sometimes so then I can learn what is harmful and what isn't harmful. And so you might hear me stumble over my words in this episode and that's probably why. But Stacey does a great job of talking to us about her experience and then not generalizing but talking about like what it was like generally for her and her family system and community growing up when it comes to mental health. And it's a really good conversation. I think this is not just a conversation that we are putting out there for people that are any color other than white to listen to it. It's specifically also for white people to hear so we can learn. And I say this with like deep remorse and shame, but 
when I first was being trained as a therapist, I didn't take this stuff as seriously as it is. And I've learned not just through therapy, because this isn't just something that affects my work. This affects all my relationships and how I go about the world and then the greater good of the world. So this is something that I think is important to talk about and continue to talk about. If you have any questions or comments or stories that you want to share with us about your experience in this topic, send them to us. We talk about this at the end of the show, but we would love to do a couch talks with Stacy answering some questions from y'all. So email them to Catherine at youneedtherapypodcast.com. You can follow me at at cat.defada and you can follow the podcast at at you need therapy podcast on Instagram. We would love for you to do that. And before I keep rambling about this conversation and all of my shame and insecurities, I'm just going to let the conversation do the work. So here is my talk with Stacy. I have a very special guest here today. Her name is Stacy, and she actually works for Three Chords Therapy, or she works at Three Chords Therapy. And I was wanting her to be on the podcast for a while now. I think we've talked about this for a while. <laughs> well, first of all, hi. Hi. Welcome. And we are going to have her on to talk about multiple things. One, just the process of becoming a therapist. Two, what she's learned about being a therapist. And three, what it was like for her becoming a therapist as a black woman in our culture. So, one, how are you doing? I'm nervous. <laughs> It's okay. Um, I've never been on a podcast never before. Never been on a podcast. Well, this is a good one to start. Yeah. Because it's just like talking to your friend. The best place I could start. The best place you could start. Okay. So I met Stacy many moons ago. This was probably like six or seven years ago. Yeah. Right? I think about Back in 2015. our 20s. <laughs> 2015. So Maybe. I met Stacy when she was, well, she still is a fitness instructor. When she was teaching classes at a gym place near where I lived and she was the highlight of our Tuesday mornings at 6 a.m. I think it was Tuesday morning. Yes, it was cardio burn. Uh, (laughs) And then later in life, just staying connected to you through like social media and the fitness world, saw you were becoming a therapist. And then I saw you were graduating as therapist and I was like, I need you to work here. But I want you to tell us how you even got on this because this was your second career maybe third career (laughs) yeah i became a group fitness instructor in 2014 which led into personal training and loved it while i was doing healthcare it as my main job i was kind of back and forth with that and really wanting to get out of it but didn't really have any direction and then i'd say 2017 i had a pretty good job with a healthcare company and i just was not fulfilled like Mm. there was absolutely nothing wrong with the job i made great money i was good at it it was awesome and i just had a longing to be and do something else and i ran into a really good friend at a fitness party (laughs) and fitness party it was Maybe one of Nashville fits like the party. Yeah. Yeah. And it's so funny that this all started at a fitness party. I ran into a friend who encouraged me to apply for Lipscomb's program. So I'd obviously, I guess, just been sharing with her what I was feeling, kind of what vision I had for my life and what I wanted to do. And I pretty much was just like, okay, therapy seems to be exactly what I'm doing in physical fitness, but... Um, on the mental health side and she pushed and pushed and I finally applied and here you are here I am (laughs) okay so let's talk about because you had a different experience than I had going to school and we're going to talk about that 
and let it be a mess. Okay. But I want you to tell us what it was like as you're entering and you're becoming, you're like, okay, I'm going to go do this therapy thing. What were some of the things that you learned right off the bat entering a program? Or what some things that kind of took you by surprise, maybe? First off, just being black, a lot of people are just like, what are you doing? Like, just people in my life. Okay. It's like, oh, it, you know, it sounds cool, I guess. But also pivoting from the career I was in. And like I said, it was going well. Yeah. I didn't really have any reason to get out of it. I felt like I was doing a lot of explaining. And I kind of, I didn't know what I was doing. Yeah, I was you're like, like, I actually um, don't know. I don't know. I'm starting a new life and I don't know what it'll look like or if I'll even like it. I think I just made a decision within like, if I do not work in this field or this is not for me. This will be a great self-care investment and mm-hmm. all. Very expensive. Yes, investment. a very expensive like therapeutic <laughs> experience. Yeah. And so I think I just landed there and I'm like, okay, if nothing else, I'll come out and be like mm-hmm. a much better person. Second thing I learned, which was huge, probably in some of the first classes I had was that it actually made sense that people in my environment did not understand as I learned that psychology was pretty much based on like the average white family and I know that that expressed to you like overtly or was it just like you being like oh I'm all these things are about white people or did they say that no I had a wonderful professor I think this had to be maybe an intro to family systems course or something I can't remember exactly but he highlighted this via articles uh, a couple of our textbooks were even pointing out that the field is actively trying to make a shift a because families just look so different today Mm -hmm. anyway and there is no like quote unquote average or normal family I think that was actually the first lesson of the course which led into what general psychology is kind of based around or general family systems well because I remember so Stacy got her degree in marriage and family therapy I got my degree in human development counseling so the emphasis on things are you drinking hot coffee out of a straw I am (laughs) (laughs) this protects my teeth okay that's a that's actually great (laughs) also (laughs) that's brave anyway back on track I had a different emphasis where in my graduate experience, but I, what I, I had my undergrad in family systems, so I do have that part. And what I remember is like the whole the nuclear family mm-hmm. that we were taught was, and in every book and every anything, it was a white family, but it was like a mom and a dad and, and two, like two kids. kids. Yes, <laughs> and that is just not what. That's not even that. I wouldn't even say that's the average. No, that's what quote unquote is normalized but I wouldn't even say that's the average anymore because families just look so different Mm -hmm. and and as a therapist that can be challenging to learn everything based on this nuclear family when you're like this isn't actually how my clients relate at all and so how do I take that but also for you you're like I don't relate to this yeah I hadn't even gotten to the point of thinking about seeing clients as this is first semester so I just didn't relate and a lot of families that I know or grew up with like definitely just didn't look like that I come from a really blended family and that was even kind of a newer concept in the texts Mm -hmm. that remarriages and when you say blended will you explain that because people might not Um, know what that means blended families are families that 
Oh man, they could look so many different ways. One example is if someone's gotten a divorce and moved on, created a new family and children of the new family and the old family kind of live together Mm -hmm. or coexist, or even if people have not gotten married, but have had children in a relationship and then moved on and recreated a new family. But those families just kind of living and existing Mm -hmm. together. And the other thing with that, I will say about my experience compared to yours is when we went, because I don't know what you guys experienced, but we had one class on diversity. And that's really the only class we talked about diversity. Mm -hmm. Like we didn't talk about it anywhere else. But it wasn't even a class that we emphasized or took seriously. It was like, I think it was, it was definitely required, but it felt like one of those elective classes that was like, oh, I don't, like this isn't really that important. And I remember reading a book about privilege and power and being like, this isn't that important. Mm -hmm. Like this doesn't, I don't need to learn this because this is actually like can't believe I'm saying this to everybody but like in my in the beginning stages I was like I'm not I don't really need to learn this because it doesn't apply to to me and I can still be a good therapist without all of this and and I can't help with that probably had the the thoughts I can't help with that I'm white so what is this gonna do Mm -hmm. which now I'm like but for you you would be sitting in that classroom with me and you would have a completely different experience The program was actually set up that way where there was only one class on diversity and it was taught by a black man, which I think that was the first year. And there was so much tension produced from that class. So maybe, maybe white people did feel that way. Because what was the tension? Um, It's hard to say because I feel like, okay, we, we were a cohort of maybe 18 by the time we got around to this class and five of the students were black and I think there were continued conversations the entire semester also the pandemic had kind of started so we had to move to some asynchronous work but the time that we spent in the class like physically was very strange classmates were just like very quiet didn't want to talk didn't want to talk white people didn't really ask questions and of course there were some I mean I'm generalizing but it was just like a very different experience than all of the other courses that we all had together a very different level of participation and again I can't quite say like how people were feeling but what were you feeling that it felt forced and very uncomfortable and yeah it felt like the information was being forced on like our white peers even if they didn't say so and again rather than us being like we need to learn about this because i am in this bubble and i need to like know what is going on so Mm -hmm. i can help better serve other people yeah and and myself the text also was kind of aggressive we (laughs) the class is based on this uh book called microaggressions Oh, I bet those white people did not like that book. No, there was so... I guess, too, thinking about thinking back why it felt forced and uncomfortable, because even the material that we talk about, it was more of just, like, questioning everything. You know, you want questions and kind of, like, create a conversation around, but more... I don't know. I can't explain. It was... I get it's uncomfortable is the best word that I've got for it. Well, yeah, because what you're doing is it's like you're you're learning in real time, but you're learning different experience. I don't know how to word it either. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I think, too, it was so I think it was just a lot to take in, no matter if you were white, black, male, female. It was sensitive. And I think it was a lot as you 
like see where you fit into this information that we're learning and then also whatever was happening in the world Mm -hmm. which was right at the beginning of so much like social injustice uproar so it was just a lot yeah oh wait i wanted to talk about the class that was actually very good okay okay so i just so happened and this is all because of the pandemic as well. I barely graduated because a <laughs> class was canceled that had to be in person, but wasn't going to be given before I graduated. So I got tossed into a cross-cultural negotiations course that was a part of the conflict management school because um, I did a conflict management route of the program. Mm-hmm. And it was the exact opposite and it was amazing what was different about it there were a lot of things the class was smaller i think it was a class of 10 to 13 people and this was post george floyd Mm -hmm. and so a i definitely think that that had a lot to do with it just the world being able to see Mm -hmm. something so straightforward and upfront i think this professor she specializes in going into companies and kind of facilitating these conversations Mm -hmm. and so I think the fact that the class was based around being a cultural conversation was the difference than just like a topic of diversity yeah because it wasn't just racial diversity that we talked about we talked about like gender inequality and sexuality Mm -hmm. but this was focused upon we live in this country this is our history it makes sense that things are the way they are and it wasn't about like denying mm-hmm. it's, it's like yeah it was fact. more acknowledgement yeah. of like hey this is real mm-hmm. this is the life that we're living and this is the state of black people and their generational traumas mm-hmm. and the position that they are in psychologically emotionally socially economically mm-hmm. etc so I think it was more of like an acknowledgement and then conversation about that than trying to convince people. Yes, mm-hmm. exactly. So growing up, what was your experience of mental health and how mental health was talked about? And I want to know this from two kind of lenses. One, just your straight up experience, because mm-hmm. mental health wasn't really talked about in my family either. But it, I don't feel like it was just a straight up cultural thing. It was just how my family dealt with stuff so I want to know from your family's perspective but also being somebody black growing up in America or whatever did that have also an effect on how you guys looked at therapy or mental health I would say from my personal family's perspective my parents were open to like whatever I was interested in and I could pretty much have free reign to explore but therapy was never suggested or yeah it wasn't brought up as kind of like a tool for growth or processing and we had a lot of family drama it was never (laughs) offered why do you think it that was never something that was presented or Mm. that was in the forefront of people i think moving into the cultural side of it is that and obviously I'm not overgeneralizing for all black people but from both of my parents families just like talking about your issues shortcomings family drama with people was not like welcomed and everything should remain in the house that that's Mm -hmm. the quote that they use like 
if you go spend a night at other, other people's homes, like, don't tell our business, like, don't mm-hmm. don't be talking about what we have going on in our house. Um, everything's kind of like a secret or putting on a facade of like everything's cool. So we definitely wouldn't be taking this to therapy. Mm-hmm. I think, too, as a cultural thing, trust is a big part of it. And like I said, if thinking about what I learned about psychology being based on like the average white family or as the articles would put it, the dominant culture, mm-hmm. like why would black people show up to talk with someone who obviously there was very little representation of black Mm -hmm. therapists too so if we're not willing to kind of share when you go to your cousin's house or your friend's house I definitely just don't see that that would be like yeah let's go to therapy Mm -hmm. and air out our secrets and let somebody tell us ways that we could change or when you talk about trust where do you lie there like I'm gonna throw this out there I think you've given me permission to say this. Like you've been to therapy. Oh yeah. Clearly, if she hadn't been to therapy, she wouldn't be working at three courts because <laughs> that is weird if your therapist has never been to therapy. But what was it like for you going to therapy and being like that whole idea of should I trust these people? I'm not represented here. Uh-huh. Do they even know about like what my life might be like or can they even relate or whatever? Like what are the things that went through your head? I feel like I was in a special situation. I although therapy wasn't directly offered or brought up or talked about in my home. I was just exposed to a lot of different things outside of my culture. Mm -hmm. And then paired with that, my first experience with therapy was grief counseling because of the passing of my mom. So Mm -hmm. it was almost like, oh, here is a helpful resource. I didn't even consider trust. I think I was more so like, oh, this is cool that I have like a helpful tool to kind of process and get through this. The other third special factor in that is this lady was black. At oh, I was going to say. <laughs> so okay. I, I don't think I'd ever even so heard you of a have, black therapist you, before okay. her. <laughs> so you might not have gone to therapy if you didn't need to go for grief counseling. You might not have not ever at, the at that age time. that I started. Yeah. And then also it was different because you're like, oh, this person looks like me. I think I didn't consider trust because she looked like she looked, me. Okay. Mm-hmm. I was... 20 21 and she was also older like mom age mm-hmm. so maybe it was the opposite I probably actually felt comfort yeah and I never considered like do I tell the truth about this or what will she think or I I don't think I considered trust because of the situation I was in yeah and so that has always stuck with me like oh my gosh after the fact I'm like I can't imagine, well, I can't imagine how other people feel. So I want to be that presence because she was that for me. Mm -hmm. Hey guys, Kat here. And I have something very important to talk to you guys about. Now, I know you're used to hearing me talk about therapy and how important it can be for you and how transformative it can be for you in your life. But if you're somebody who's tried therapy and it just hasn't done the trick, or you just need a little extra boost, I think I've found the next best thing. And the next best thing might just be Cozy Earth and their bamboo sheets and their bamboo pajamas. 
It feels like you are stepping into a buttery, cozy, warm, and cool hug all at the same time. And that's just their pajamas. Don't even get me started on their sheets. As soon as I touched them, I said, okay, we're changing the sheets right now. And the bonus is they come in this really cute travel tote so you can take your sheets with you wherever you go. Elevate your summer getaway with Cozy Earth's luxurious bedding and loungewear, ensuring the comfort of home wherever you roam. We're all in luck because you can discover your next destination for ultimate comfort at Cozy Earth. Visit CozyEarth.com and use our code UNEED at checkout to get 35% off. Yes, 35% off. And let them know that we sent you You Need Therapy after you check out. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. During the Right Rug Flooring Hello Summer Sale, you'll find savings throughout the store, all backed by the right price guarantee, including carpet with a lifetime stain warranty, only $159 installed with pad. That's right, $159 includes expert installation as soon as tomorrow. Visit rightrug.com, R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com to find a showroom near you or schedule a free in-home shopping appointment. Say hello to summer and save. Right Rug Flooring, right here, right now. What comes up for you when you think about that idea that, because it's still an issue, Mm -hmm. like I think there's still a misrepresentation of black therapists and just black people in general in therapy. Mm -hmm. So what comes up for you and what would you want people to know about? I would like for people to know and consider that therapy is not just like advice giving. And I'm thinking about things that I've talked with like other black people about, even as I was in school or as I was finishing, people were like, well, what, like, what exactly do you do? <laughs> like, wh- <laughs> what will you be doing? Yeah. And so it's not somebody showing up and me telling them what to How do. How to live their- your life. Yeah. And it's not that at all. I like to think of this as like, this is a space provided so that someone has freedom and autonomy and comfort is not the word that I'm looking for freedom autonomy and presence to like bring in whatever is that they need to process Mm -hmm. or talk about or hear out loud or would like feedback on and we are the space and we use training and science and human emotions Mm -hmm. to like help people put out patterns also it's not about always being broken that's another thing I want all people especially black people to hear that one can show up to therapy to level up or to enhance whatever Mm -hmm. track you're on or 
just for growth reasons, it doesn't have to be some sign or signal that something's wrong. And if there is something wrong, you do have a space and you do have help. Mm -hmm. And there are resources of people who care and have studied and put themselves into like gathering information that is helpful to process. Well, is that what it feels like? Because I know from just as like a human in general, I know that there's a big stigma around going to therapy and that meaning Mm -hmm. that like, oh my gosh, there's something wrong with you. It's embarrassing. That should be a secret. But what is that just speaking from your experience and like your culture and just being black is that different than just in general because i know there's a that's the point of this podcast is to kind of get rid of some of that stigma of Uh like there has to be something wrong with you to go to therapy but what i heard from you is one thing about like you don't need to tell your business to everybody yeah but the other part is like is that mean that like that's embarrassing there there's if you go to therapy that means that like you're not strong oh not at all I think or is that not that you think that yeah but is that something that you feel like you grew up mm, around or is yeah that just more of actually it? it I think in listening to other black people yet that therapy is a sign of weakness or the conversation around what is going on that might be going wrong or that is based around some drama or some trauma or hurt or yeah that processing that with somebody else is a point of weakness like you need to toughen up suck it up move on kind of Mm -hmm. thing and honestly like I get it that is the position that our culture has been put in like the entire time it's like yeah there's all these things going on and suck it up and get back to it live your life well you know what also just hit me and i'm going backwards but you're talking about the trust part and just talking about the transgenerational trauma and oppression and all of that it also kind of is a weird concept to think that like i'm gonna come to this thing for white people mm-hmm. this thing that was created based off of a white family and there's a white person probably the most available because there's more of them there's a white person that's going to help me it's kind of crazy in a sense it makes sense to me of like why would i go yeah talk to this white person who probably knows nothing about what it's like to be me or i'm wondering too like what type of help do they think that they could get from you right yeah which i know that you as an awesome amazing therapist could help any human being i'm just saying just as a generalization like why yeah that makes complete sense. What would I sense. get out of that? Yeah. What is the solution to that for you? I don't know that I have the answer to that. <laughs> <laughs> but I want to be a part of the solution. I guess just starting with representation and having conversations like this and making making therapy cool on my Instagram. Not making it, kind of exposing that it yeah. is cool. I think my biggest thing is going to be representation. Like, just like we put effort and money and investment into all of the outer parts and I'm going to speak as a black woman just like how much I invest in getting my hair done or Mm -hmm. clothes or obviously I am a fitness professional so I really highly value just like what kind of food I eat Mm -hmm. moving your body moving my body so I'm thinking about other people like where they have to put money to like keep those things up and keep that consistent i want to highlight 
that the inner workings are equally important and that this all works together. Mm -hmm. I'm even thinking as a fitness professional, and I think we talked about this too, like how even yoga in the past was seen as like something for white people. And think about how beneficial that mind-body connection or that quiet space or just that individual time where you come to your mat, set your intention, move your body, get quiet and how long black people did not participate in something like that that Mm -hmm. was kind of marketed or seen as something for white people Mm -hmm. so i kind of feel like that about therapy Mm -hmm. and just i want to highlight how important it is if you need help that you can get it without Mm -hmm. all of that extra around Mm -hmm. it most importantly therapists are real people (laughs) so (laughs) I feel like, like I forgot this important part. The, the most important part that we bring that aspect to walking with people who want to make changes, who want some help and assistance. Yeah. Like you get a real person mm-hmm. with real human robot. experiences. Yeah. Well, and you know, I would like to even talk about this for a second because yes, we are real people. And because of that, your therapist is going to mess up. Mm-hmm. So I'm speaking specifically if you're a black person with a, a white therapist. So I'm, ex- okay. I'm, I'm really talking about like really me, <laughs> but I'm going to mess up. So, and even in this conversation, I probably have might've said something the wrong way or that could offend somebody or whatever. We're just, are, we're going to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, but the beauty of therapy is you have this curated experience slash experiment where you get to be with somebody and they get to mess up and you get to like heal and repair those relationships and you get to I I mean even speaking from experience I've obviously I've had clients that aren't the same color skin as me and we've had to work through that in some Mm -hmm. areas and they've had to teach me things and sometimes I'm like I don't understand what you're talking about yeah and so we have to talk about that and then I have to go like do my own work of okay it looks like that I'm staying too much in my bubble the cool thing about that is this gets to be an experiment where you get to have relationships that are messy and not perfect because i'm a human and i think that's cool i'm having and i've had the same experience all throughout school and internship again because a large population of the people coming to therapy are not black right so i'm having the exact same experience as you of getting to be curious and learn like how I can best help you or be with you or be a presence that is helpful when a good therapist will admit their shortcomings right so and one of the things that I say in the beginning of every session part of this is I want you guys to hear that like I am not a perfect therapist there's no such thing but one of the first things I say to clients in our first session is just so you know I'm gonna mess up And if I say something that offends you, and this is to any client, if I say something that offends you or you don't agree with it, or if I make a face and the face, like, I need to use this. Sometimes (laughs) I might roll my eyes and I, and you might take it one way, but I might meant it another way. And so I always say, I need you to let me know when I do something that feels harmful to you. Oh, I got to make sure. Start doing that. Yeah. Yeah. Because my eyebrows, they, they talk a lot. (laughs) Do their own (laughs) thing. But like, I think. Think that's cool because when people do end up doing that it's usually somebody says something that offends you or, or mm-hmm. we live in cancel culture yep so oh, my therapist didn't understand this she sucks she's this she's that and this doesn't matter what color you are but it can be applied to this conversation but we need to work more on like 
learning how to understand and learn from each other more rather than just write people off when they do one thing that you don't like. And that that definitely goes with the whole trust building yeah. that I'm talking about. And I really want all cultures to hear that. Like yeah. therapy is a very special relationship and it is sacred and it is you bringing yourself, your vulnerable self to a space with another person. Mm-hmm. And I think trust is key. Mm-hmm. And that's just not something that I have experienced that my culture has had or been welcomed because of what you're saying of like cancel culture or no, or just the un- trying to understand each yeah. other versus like they don't get it they won't get it yeah it's unique in the way that like we are two strangers coming together to help you figure out your shit (laughs) and because i'm not the expert in your life you're gonna you're gonna have to teach me things i learn stuff from my clients all of the time i think i literally say that in almost every session because i just said it last night to my clients like teach me because you're telling me about something i i definitely learn something from my clients every Mm -hmm. session and that helps me to like, I get to show up better. Are there any other reasons other than there not being a representation and some of the trust issues that make sense? Um, is there any other reasons that somebody who is black might not show up to therapy? Minimizing trauma, in my experience, and whether this has come from the experience of being black or from the dominant culture, but black people minimize trauma. And again, it's kind of like a suck it up. It's not that bad. And I'm thinking, too, in this moment, thinking about me telling you, like, oh, don't go tell our business. If you're not talking about it, it does just go away. Mm. I mean, well, we know kind it, of. It, it, well, we know it actually doesn't go yeah. away. <laughs> but it's not addressed. Yeah. And therefore, it is on the surface minimized. So I think, too, just not being in the habit or normalizing that I need to process these very serious and or emotionally harmful things that have happened or these things that are literally living with me mm-hmm. but have been pushed down for years and again generations throughout the family so I think it's a lot of like minimization and and I just want to bring awareness to that that like I mean you have the right to if it matters to you it matters yeah, and call it a trauma if that's what it is for you yeah and process it or get the help that you need as I said before well and what would you offer especially a client who is like I want to go to therapy and this makes me think I think I brought this up to you I probably talk about this way too much what? in general in my life a million little things the show uh-huh because that show literally covers everything and I love it but there is a black couple in the first episode he attempts suicide and then he ends up I, I'm struggling to say this stuff because I don't want to give away but he's hiding it from his family but he's, the point is the point is nobody knows he's hiding it from his family and there is a huge the way his family responds when they find out that he is one going to therapy but two taking medication for depression yep is really hard to watch but even before that his why is because he knows that they are going to respond in a way that's not um, supportive or that will feel Mm -hmm. invalidating so i mean even the fact that he needs to try to hide it that is very representative of like 
what the black experience is like which makes things worse Mm -hmm. it makes things worse you think that that's the point you're trying to make and so what would you offer to somebody who's like i know that this is actually something that affects me but i'm so afraid for what my family or my friends or my just community in general will think of me if they know that i one going to therapy or two if i'm even taking medication for a mental health disorder that's a lot there but first of all i mean you have to prioritize your health and and I think that is a part of the awareness that I want to bring. This is health. Yeah. So just as you would go to the doctor for a checkup or if in that visit there was some diagnosis that you need to follow up on. I mean, I see that as similar to this. Yeah. In that this is your health and that is a personal thing. I don't think that you have to be loud and proud about it if you don't if that's not where you're at well i think that's the other thing you don't have to post and tell everybody about your stuff you don't tell everybody about like your gynecologist appointments so like (laughs) that's weird but like we should be going and getting our checkups but you don't have to post on facebook going to the gyno like just like you don't have to post on facebook i'm going to see my therapist exactly you are more than welcome this is your personal health yeah you are more than welcome to post whatever you want. Go for it. But I, I think also people don't need to know what you're doing if you don't want them to know. Like I say that with a grain of salt because I don't think it needs to be a secret. But also that's all relative to you. Yeah. There's people that love to post about their own mental health and their stories on social media and all of that. And there's some people that don't. It doesn't make you right or wrong. So I think that's one part of like, this gets to be your thing too. If mm-hmm. you're struggling with like, what would my family think? Well, this gets to be your thing and you get to decide what you tell them and what you don't tell them. Yeah. And that might be a boundary for you of like, I'm not going to share this with people who I know are going to say hurtful things about it. Yeah. Or people that you're unsure if there's mm-hmm. safety there. Yeah. I would highlight that this is a part of your overall health and that it's personal. Yeah. If there was a person that felt that way or felt very hesitant because of their family quote-unquote rules or expectations or just general culture like I said with trust or minimization or representation like those things can be overcome because your health should be prioritized yeah so thank you guys for listening to this conversation Stacey thank you for having it yes Um, I enjoyed it. I think this is a conversation that obviously needs to be continued to have. I would love for us to take questions and feedback and then we come back and do it again. You'll be on a Couch Talks. Thank you, Stacey. We'll have Stacey on Couch Talks. Probably not this week because we won't have time because it comes out in two days. But (laughs) if you maybe if you have questions about Stacey and her experience about if you have feedback for me, if you have just questions in general about this topic or stories like I would love to hear oh yeah me like too. your experience of your white black brown yellow I don't care like I want to know your experience with your own culture and therapy because I think it's interesting to get multiple perspectives so if you have anything like that send it Catherine at unitherapypodcast.com I would love to do a couch talks just about that which yes we need to keep this conversation going and that's a way to do that if you know what you're like Stacy sounds cool I wish she was my therapist guess what she can be but only <laughs> if you live in Tennessee so that's another thing I'm just going to say it again I know I've said it before I'm only licensed in Tennessee therefore I can only see clients who live in Tennessee same with Stacy. She can only see clients that live in um, the state that we are in right now I am not 
taking on any more clients at the moment, but Stacy is. So if you're like, oh, I need to talk to her, you can email her at Stacy at threechordstherapy.com or you can just go to threechordstherapy.com and go to her about her page and there's a form at the bottom. You can send in an email to her and, and I will talk to you on Wednesday for Couch Talks. Bye guys. You wouldn't expect to hear that we're America's third best city for beer like this one. Or home to vibes like this. And this. It might surprise you that we're top 10 for immersive art that's like. Whoa. And. Hmm. Not to mention, we have one of the top zoos in the country. So can a city with the country's best pro soccer team, ranking as a top culinary destination in the world, be in your own backyard? Yes, Columbus. Plan your summer at experiencecolumbus.com slash summer. During the Right Rug Flooring Hello Summer Sale, you'll find savings throughout the store, all backed by the right price guarantee, including carpet with a lifetime stain warranty, only $159 installed with pad. That's right, $159 includes expert installation as soon as tomorrow. Visit rightrug.com, R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com to find a showroom near you or schedule a free in-home shopping appointment. Say hello to summer and save. Right Rug Flooring, right here, right now. Your credit card should match your lifestyle. At Kemba Financial Credit Union, choose a card with benefits that work for you. For a limited time, all cards have 2% cash back on purchases and 0% interest on balance transfers for a year. Apply at Kemba.org. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024.